0: Covered by the Saints for a touchdown!
1: He your inside pass to everything Saints football. And
0: the kick is good!
1: We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! of
0: taysom TD!
1: Welcome to Inside Black and Gold.
0: And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who? Mike Thomas.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Oh, happy day. Welcome inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we've got the latest from week two of organized team activities with the Black and Gold. Some roster moves, some changes in, I don't know if you consider it front office, but definitely personnel. Also, get into some of the audio that we got from organized team activities and maybe some controversial takes from the Cajun canon, Bobby Bear. Jeff, uh, you know, it was another thrilling uh, non-padded session of organized team activities where we really saw just more of the special teams work than honestly, anything team related, but we did get to see some, uh, some stuff. Uh, and uh, uh, one person who continues to shine, uh, Rashid Shahid, I, I know it's a little too early to get overly excited about players, but, He's someone that came in with a different body from last season, even.
2: Yeah. And last in the last episode, we kind of went through the quick takeaways from practice. You know, we heard from Dennis Allen. So we're going to hear from more of the players today, I think is important. But yeah, Rashichi is someone we can definitely get into. we'll also have clips from Jameis. We talked to him. We'll have Alante Taylor. We'll have Demario Davis. We'll have a lot of that. We also have a clip from Mickey Loomis that I want to play. But first, let's go through the just the quick moves that, that were made uh, yesterday because they weren't big, but they were notable. Uh, so the Saints signed fullback Jake Vargas, B-A-R-G-A-S, not exactly a household name, gives this team two fullbacks. So maybe they are considering moving on from Adam Prentice. I don't know. Not exactly a top-of-the-barrel question answer, but we'll get to it. Big competition um, battle come camp at fullback. Right, right. Uh, Prentice, Great mustache. They also signed tight end Jesse James, which is a bit more notable. You know, 6'7", 250, big guy. He had a solidly productive career with the Steelers. He was there for four years. He caught more than 100 passes, more than 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. He has not been productive the last four years. He spent two years with the Lions, a year with the Bears, and last year with the Browns. I think he spent most of the year on injured reserve with a biceps injury. But, you know, he's an interesting guy. He has had production in the NFL he is a viable blocker, right? right? So he's a he might be a useful guy to keep around. Again, six, seven. That's just something the Saints don't have is a big tight end, right? So now they do. And to make room for him, they ki- they kicked. They waived kicker Alex Quevedo. So that puts them at the 90 man roster. They still have two kickers, which the other one is Blake Groupie, the UDFA out of Notre Dame. And and I'm glad they did this because I kept hearing like, oh, they're holding a roster spot open because they're gonna trade for Hunter Renfro, and like They might trade for Hunter Renfro. That's not why they're holding a roster spot open. (laughs) Those two things are not connected to each other. So now we're at 90. So any moves from this point on will require a corresponding move in terms of signings. Like They could obviously cut some players and whatever. Um, But yeah, so those are some moves. And so we'll see those two guys out at uh, OTAs next week.
1: Yeah, with Jesse James, for me too, I, I thought it was pretty important just because you look at it, obviously you have Jawan Johnson Then you have Foster Morrow. After that, you know, third man up would have been, what, Lucas Kroll? So it's good to have another veteran experienced guy coming in. We'll see what he has left in the tank kind of deal. Yeah,
2: Taysom. Taysom's everywhere, though. So And he's not blocking. He's everywhere but New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) He's not here right now. Um, But, yeah, no, the tight end room was like it looked really thin when you traded Adam Troutman. Suddenly it's it's this busy, bustling room. So, you know, I I don't expect Jesse James to make the roster, but he does – fit in with New Orleans because he owns one of the worst calls in NFL history. If you go back to 2017, I tweeted about this. It was one of those Des Bryant type plays where he clearly caught it and he extended it for a touchdown and he got into the end zone. And they were like, no, 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 no. Sorry, the you, you dropped the ball five minutes after you caught it. doesn't count. That was in week one against the Patriots, I believe, back in 2017.
1: I, I love Dude. your post about him saying,
2: oh, at least, you know, we won't have something like this. And a fan goes, oh, don't tempt fate, Jeff, please. Yeah. I was kind of expecting that response, but I think my reaction to him was like, if he's ever in a position where he could be a victim of a bad call, it's a massive upset and things have gone terribly wrong. So keep that in mind. Anyway, one more note, uh, the Saints actually, well, I have two more notes. One is that the Saints parted ways, I guess you would say. I don't think firing is is the right right term. Contract was up. They kind of both from the report saying he wanted to spend more time with family. Yeah. And so the guy we're talking about, (laughs) if you should mention, uh, is Ryan Herman. He was the head of the analytics team with the Saints. And whether it was a family thing and he just needed more time, whatever, he had to move on. I do think that this team's relationship with analytics could improve in terms of how they use them in game. And so maybe it is an opportunity to get a little more proactive in that regard and hire someone who's going to be a little more, I don't know if pushy is the word, but... Uh, aggressive with no you got to do this in this situation like this is nonsense (laughs) you know stop punting on fourth and one at their 48 yard line just go for it stuff like that Uh, and because I think that the way this team uses analytics right now is okay what is the analytics advice I'm gonna agree with it maybe five times out of ten and that's probably what most NFL teams would have done five years ago it's what Sean Payton did his entire career In today's NFL, the analytics are so advanced that it should be eight, maybe nine times out of ten. If the analytics says do something, you do it. And that one time out of ten where you just have a really strong gut feeling that you don't agree with it, sure, you can do that. But in in most cases, green means go. And if you are going against it, it's a mistake. Like That's what college teams do now. And I think that if you go ask Brian Kelly whether he thought it was a good idea to go for two against Alabama— he'd tell you the analytics said yes. Uh, and so like that's, and, and and the thing too is like when you're De- Dennis Allen and you're trying to explain a decision you made and you can just say, well, the analytics said so no one's going to question that. I think it gives you a buffer as a head coach. So I'd like to see them use that more often. It'll be interesting too, just because, you know, you recall Sean Payton, when he
1: went to Denver, one of the first things in his press conferences, he said was even that the Broncos analytics were far ahead of what, he was, you know, had with the
2: Saints. Well, isn't isn't that on him, though, kind of thing? Well, you know, it's like the analytics staff can be better, but it still depends on how you choose to use it. Like, the analytics can't make decisions for you in-game. You have to use them. Uh, so yeah. that's something. So that's just something to watch. I don't know if it's going to make a difference, but they do are going to have a new head of their analytics department. Never met the old guy. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, they're not forward-facing positions. I didn't know no, his right. name until he got let go. But all right, so... One other thing that, that we heard from w- this week was Mickey Loomis talking about Cam Jordan. And I'm just going to play this because I did a whole podcast segment recently about how Cam Jordan is going to get a contract extension and it is only a matter of time. And so here's Mickey Loomis on SiriusXM saying the exact same thing.
1: I know Cam Jordan's kind of lobbying for that deal to kind of to, to retire as a New Orleans Saint. Have you guys begun any discussions in, in that space?
0: Yeah, I look. When he talks about retirement, I think he's thinking it's years down the road, and so am I. Exactly. But, yeah, I I don't – listen, he's going to be able to play for us as long as he wants to and as long as he can. And then when the time comes, his name will be up on that ring of honor and and in our Hall of Fame and all those other accolades that come with a a player his stature. He's meant so much to not just the organization but the community and and how he's embraced New Orleans. And, and yeah, he'll he'll definitely be with us for the duration of his career. There you have it. (laughs) <laughs> right.
2: Mickey Loomis, not one for maximizing leverage in contract negotiations, apparently. <laughs> but neither is Cam. Like, if you're Cam's agent, you are bl- looking at this as. Okay, well, what's the number? Like, let's figure it out, because Cam's not projecting that he's even considering going anywhere else. And Mickey and the Saints aren't projecting that they're even considering letting him walk. And it's in part the unspoken part for the Saints is that there's a massive dead cap hit associated with Cam Jordan not being on the team next year. And they won't accept that either way. But like in reality, I do think part of it is like he's still playing at a high enough level to keep around. And he is that guy. So we would rather keep him if we can. And so there it is. But it is that simple. Like, he's going to get re-signed. He's going to get an extension. It's going to be team-friendly. And there's no reason debating it. The other thing he said in that interview was that he he called Cesar Ruiz an ascending player. He lumped him near the Eric McCoy and all these other guys who have gotten big contract extensions. And to me, you know, you hear that and you're like, okay, well, why didn't you pick up his fifth-year option? And to me, it's because... This is a team that is fully planning on extending him, assuming he is able to come back from that Liz Frank injury healthy. And they were never going to pay him whatever that fifth year option was going to cost, which would have been expensive. I think it would have been like $13 million a season. So like I, th- I fully expect Caesar Ruiz to get an extension as well.
1: You try not to read too much into attendance. Obviously, we've talked about it, organized team activities. But Ruiz, while he is doing his rehab work, he is one of the guys that is president, not you know, kind of out on his own doing things. And that that does to me say a lot, obviously, that he wants to be around this team. I'm sure he wants to stay here as well where he's been, you know, building his career so far. And yeah, I I wouldn't, I don't think too much into the fact that they haven't, they didn't extend, you know, get that extension done with him right away. Uh, I do expect he's a guy that'll be around it. But you know what? I mean, who who knows what like a Nick Saldaveri could present and maybe, you know, kind of—I don't want to say force their hand, but cause them to think otherwise of of maybe offering a big deal. See, I don't think
2: that's going to affect Ruiz. I think it's going to affect Pete. And I got Andres right. Pete is on the final year of his deal as well. Yeah. You did restructure that deal, which surprised me. But they only converted $4 million of his salary. So it's not a major restructure. I expect him to be off the roster next year. And, and it's not even because of like the quality of play. It's just because you can't trust him anymore. And you haven't been able to for the last several years. And if Nick Saldovary is up there and performing well, you might as well go with him. Yeah, sure. I do you think-
1: saw a guy like Teron Armstead you couldn't
2: rely on. They let go. Well, right. And you know, you compared Tehran Armstead to Cam, and Mickey said similar things about Tehran in that, like, oh, when he's done, he's going to come and he's going to be in our team hall of fame. He didn't say a Ring of Honor, but he didn't say Team Hall of Fame. He said a Ring of Honor for Cam, which is slightly higher. But yeah, and I think that's because, you know, you like the, that's the difference between Tehran and Cam is Cam is still reliable and, and the durability is there. And so you're able to be a little bit more proactive with, you know, yeah, we can trust him. So we can extend him now as opposed to. You know, I don't know how many years Teron has left in his body. Like Cam, it's really a question of how long he wants to play. Feels like that with Cam.
1: As long as, uh, you know, he keeps doing his conditioning and his routine, that body is
2: held up, knock on wood. Yeah, and he's always in attendance at OTAs. And so you talked about attendance a little bit. You know, it's something that Cam loves. I think Cam, honestly, like part of the reason I think Cam likes to show up is because he uses it as his fitness regimen, right? When you spend your entire offseason in Spain, You probably do need to do a little bit more in terms of getting ready for the season than if you spent all year at, you know, Axios in San Diego or whatever. I don't know. But one guy who is not in attendance is Michael Thomas. And that is the person who drew the ire of one Cajun cannon, Bobby A. who had a pretty strong take about it on sports talk uh, earlier this week.
0: Michael Thomas should be here, should do the rehab here. All that. I don't care if you're on the sidelines. Okay, I know the offense. No, but you have to look at other guys. Don't be so selfish. You're on the sideline. Say you're playing pitch and catch. They're doing special team drills. How about you just catching the ball from the quarterback? So as the media members, uh, we all can look at that. Oh, Michael Thomas was there. You know, we see him talking to the young receivers, trying to get them better. No, it's such a it's such a selfish act by Michael Thomas not being in New Orleans, considering how well we've compensated him. Like what the hell? What's up with that? Come on, dude! Uh, you need to be here for the best interest of the team. Because I'm telling you right now, we need Michael Thomas. We You're don't a different offense when he's out there. We don't totally have different. we don't have no alpha dog as far as uh, look Just look what he did at the close out the Falcons game in the fourth quarter in, in Atlanta. Uh, I'm talking about that. You might. Oh, we got Chris Olave. Chris Olave is little. He's not strong enough. And Mike, the guy maybe that we we're counting on, uh, now, was he even there today? I don't think they threw him a pass. A.T. Perry. Okay, the rookie from Wake Forest. Now, he looks the part. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, now, what, he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever. Uh, he's a big time, uh, looks like a big receiver. They threw him the ball five times, four of them. And it was tough catches. But that's the catches Michael Thomas make. I, don't, I wonder if Michael Thomas knows how much leverage he has and then he takes advantage of the organization. But why take advantage of organization? You already got paid. How about be a good team player? That's why Cam Jarn's almost too good to be true.
2: Bobby, not happy with Mike Thomas not being in attendance. I I, I disagree. I mean, they're voluntary for a reason. If guys aren't allowed to not show up, then they're not voluntary. Then they're involuntary. Like He doesn't live here full time, and I guess – that's something that Bobby takes offense to is he doesn't live here, but it's like I would much rather live in Malibu. Like, I get it. To me, there there is that chance,
1: and I know it's not likely that while he's not even on the field doing work on the side, who's to
2: say Thomas isn't in the building that we don't know that? Well, for example, Nick Saldaveri was there, right? When we saw him in the locker room after practice, he was not on the field. He also was not in a walking boot, which if you go look at the rookie tour or whatever they did, you know, they, they eat all the crawfish for the first time and they figure out yeah. how to do it. He was in a walking boot for that video. They, they like you could see it. So I think that probably is progression there that he's not in that all the time. Anyway, he was there. He was not at practice. So like when you just look at the attendance reports, who knows? I don't think Mike Thomas is in the building right now. I agree. Um, I do think he will be, but like for example, I don't expect him to be out on the sideline at mandatory minicamp all three days. Maybe one day, but I do expect him to be in the building all three days. Either way, I don't have an issue with veteran players not showing up. I think. Cam Jordan honestly ruins the curve for some of these guys because he wants to be yeah. there, and he lives here. And I do think that that's something that a lot of people ignore is the scheduling element of all of this. Think about when you were in school and you got out for the summer, right? That was great for you as a kid. You know who that annoyed? Your parents. <laughs> Not because they don't love you, because they had to figure out what to do with you, right? right. You, they had that block <laughs> they had of to time when around. They had to keep you entertained all day. They had to make sure you weren't burning that house down. These people have kids. These people have lives, right? And I don't, I don't think DeMario would mind us sharing this. Like when we were in the locker room, DeMario's son was there kind of just hanging out, right? And DeMario was not at the first OTA. He was at the second one. I don't think he went to his son and be like, oh, do you desperately want to hang out in the locker room and play with your iPad for five hours as I practice with the team and do meetings? No, it's because childcare is a factor, right? I don't have an issue with it. I really don't think it's a big deal when guys don't show up. If he doesn't show up for minicamp, mandatory minicamp, fine. Like, go all in on him. I'm not going to pretend the, the other thing he says is we've paid him so much money. I haven't paid Mike <laughs> Thomas a dime. <laughs> you know who has paid Mike Thomas? is Gail Benson and the Saints organization. And as long as they're okay with his reason for not being here, then I don't have a problem with it. So I, I, I've never understood this take that veteran players not being there at voluntary OTAs is like a major issue. It's not.
1: I think obviously Bobby's frustration is the fact that he recognizes how important Michael Thomas is to yeah. his offense and the fact that he's not around, even though we know, you know, we've gotten word that he had hardware removed from his foot. So I guess in his eye, he should be at least in the building, showing face, trying to be a mentor kind of deal. But yeah, I don't have an issue with this right now either, because it is voluntary yeah. and whatever, whatever Mike needs to do to get ready, please, just be good to go for this season because we, we we know how much of a difference maker he is obviously. And uh, to get on the same page with Derek Carr is going to be, you know, a a big task to do, but I'm pretty confident that they'll end up working this out. Hopefully because the, the fact of this offense being stuck in the mud last year, I think was a lot of the fact that, yeah, they didn't have that true number one guy and we're relying way too much on Chris Olave who did great, obviously, his rookie season. But you need that dude. You need Mike Thomas. We've talked about contested catches. We've talked about, you know, having that reliable safety net uh, for a quarterback. And he's all that. Can't guard Mike. Just can't be on the sideline come the start of the year. And that's my most important thing.
2: Yeah, and I think the part of Bobby's gripe, I can understand, is that, okay, if you want to be a team leader, you have to be here leading the team. And I agree with that. But at the same time, I don't need Mike Thomas to be a team leader. I need Mike Thomas to be a player on the team that is available. And I'm fine with him focusing on himself because I don't need him to be a a leader in the locker room. Do you have leaders in the locker room? (laughs) You need a healthy player. And we, if we want to complain, it's like Ryan Ramchick isn't here either. Marshawn Lattimore isn't here either. Why aren't we complaining about them? Because they're veterans and we understand. And you know, like, Mike Thomas, for all of his great attributes, being a vocal leader in the locker room, I don't think is one of them. And it's like, that's just not how it is for all, every player, right? Chris Olave is a good example, too. Like, he is a very fiery player on the field. He's a guy that I think is very talented, but you hear him talk and it's like, you don't, you don't kind of project that to like, oh yeah, he's going to be in the locker room firing people up. It's just not his skill set. And I think that's true of Mike as well. Either way, I think this is the time of year where we get worked up about things that don't really matter. And I think that's one of them. And you mentioned another name too, not there right now. Taysom Hill. No one's batting an eye on that one. Yeah. Except for Louise Lockett, who thinks that he's, he's imprisoned one of our dedicated listeners, very big Taysom Hill fans. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't have an issue with it. Alvin Kamara, another example of guys who aren't here. So it's like, if you're going to have that energy for Mike Thomas, have the same energy for Ryan Ramczyk, right? Have the same energy for James Hurst and Andres Pete, right? Like, it can't just be about Mike. That's my opinion. To me, I have the issue,
1: and we don't we don't know what's going on with certain players, obviously, but to me, guys like Andres Pete, a Traquan Smith, it's like, what the hell are you not doing at OTAs?
2: Here's the thing. Again, you're a veteran player. There are yeah. things, right? Like it's not all about like Cam spent the entire offseason in Spain. He wasn't there for the workout programs like throughout the offseason, but that's fine, right? is there now. They're going to be there when it counts. They're going to be there when it's mandatory. Not an issue, right? If you want to make it mandatory, make it mandatory. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point of calling it voluntary if guys don't show up when we freak out about it?
1: I, I feel it's like, you know, p- people think of it as, oh, that work meeting that, you know, you don't have to be there, but you should. That's it's not the case here. This is, is, this really is considered voluntary.
2: There's no demerits for not showing up. I love me at work meeting I don't have to be at.
1: (laughs) It's a voluntary meeting. No problem.
2: See you later. I'll catch the recording. Anyway, let's wrap that segment up. We went deep on that. And we're going to come back. We're going to have some sound from Jameis. I do want to hear more from him. I had some interesting things today about, you know, it's the first time we talked to him, like why he came back, all that sort of stuff. And then we're going to close out with, you know, more a lot about a Taylor, another Bobby Bear hot take, which I'm dying to get into. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller, W-W-L. Stick around.